You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. So yet another episode of Televised Heroics. We're still here, and guess what? It's the greatest time of the year because it's the, it's the fall TV time, and this is when all the shows are coming back and uh, starting up their storylines. So... We're going to be talking about Fear the Walking Dead, Daniel, which is, uh, you know, uh, coming to an end for the for their season. And then we're going to talk. But go- it's getting so good. It is getting good. And I can't wait to talk about what, what happened in the in the episode. Uh, and then we got Gotham, who's on its second episode of the season, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is on its second episode of the season. Just anxiously awaiting uh, the return of the CW shows as well, which I believe is next week. Um, October 5th. Yeah, you're right. Next week. All right. Well, there we go. Or October 5th. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah, October 5th. That's Arrow. So that, oh shit, that means Flash is October uh, 4th. So then wouldn't that mean Supergirl is October 3rd? Are they on the same night? (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Oh shit. No, never mind. Um, That's Monday. Yeah. Supergirl is Monday. Uh, Arrow or Flash is Tuesday and Arrow is Wednesday and then thir- De- Legends of Tomorrow is Thursday. So CW has got it all locked down. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, well, we'll we'll get into those after we talk a little bit of uh, televised heroic news. And uh, my first story is is about Legends of Tomorrow, and they released a picture of what their Justice Society of America looks like. So we have Star Girl. Dr. Midnight, uh, Our Man, who we already saw at the season finale last year, Obsidian, Vixen, and Commander Steel. So, you know, these characters who have definitely been in the Just Society of America, not the more prominent ones that we usually know. But uh, if you're interested in who's playing the characters, we have uh, Sarah Gray, who plays Stargirl, Koesi Amaya, who played Dr. Midnight, Patrick Adams as Our Man, who we already saw, Dan Payne will play the physical form of, of Obsidian, but the voice of Obsidian will be done by Lance Hendrickson, which is a you know very important name as an actor for people who are into older horror movies or um, uh, even Aliens. He was uh, Bishop, I believe, the android. And um, then Maisie Richardson Sellers as Vixen and Matthew McCall as Commander Steele. And if you look at the picture, which uh, you can probably find just about anywhere, we have a lot of very much arrow version outfits. A lot of leather and a lot of uh, uh, straps and stuff. Except for Stargirl, who's in a straight-up spandex outfit. Yeah. What, That's I mean, what I was thinking, too. <laughs> what do you, what, I mean, what do you think of this, of this uh, team? I mean... Um be completely honest i'm trying to remember i have a couple of jsa comics uh when the new 52 came out and um i'm just trying to remember the crew that that was in um you know mainly part of that uh justice society 
Well, you know, I don't know if you uh, were reading when, like, when Jeff Johns did it or James Robinson was doing it. And this is, I mean, I don't know, it's probably the early 2000s. You know, it was all about the legacies of the characters and, and how they passed the mantles down to family members or descendants and stuff like that. So uh, it, it there were a lot of people on the team. And that's the time when I was reading it the most. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, obviously they're not going to want to throw that many people onto the team. We already have our own team in the Legends of Tomorrow, and then you're going to throw in another team of uh, the JSA. So it's going to be very – it'd be very difficult. Plus – you're gonna throw in yet a third team on it because the villain for Legends of Tomorrow this season is is a basically their is their version of the Legion of Doom, which is gonna feature oh. yeah, which is gonna feature Ma- Malcolm Merlin, so John Barrowman, uh, Damian Dark played by Neil McDonough again, Reverse Flash, which will be played by Matt Lesher, so the original Reverse Flash before he started looking like Harrison Wells, and then Captain Cold Wentworth Miller, he's gonna be returning as as a bad guy. You know where, yes. he, where he belongs as a bad guy. <laughs> so I take it with Flash screwing up the timeline. Um, fucking uh, Damien Dark never died. Maybe, or maybe this will be. You know how in uh, Legends of Tomorrow last season we saw Damien Dark in the 1970s, and he still looked the exact same age. So, you know, he might have. He might be a little bit like Vandal Savage and, and kind of doesn't age all that well. Because from the sounds of it, the synopsis here's the synopsis: the legends travel to Nazi-occupied Paris, but find themselves surrounded by the Justice Society of America. The legends discover a time aberration that threatens the JSA, but the JSA wants nothing to do with them or their help. Never, never, nevertheless, the legends force their way into the JSA's mission to intercept and seize a mysterious package. Nate. Uh, which I'm guessing is going to be Nate um, uh, uh, Hayworth, who uh, in the Justice Society of America comic books was the descendant of Commander Steel, known as Citizen Steel, played by Nick Zano, is desperate to prove that he should be part of the team. But he has a secret that he shares with his grandfather, Commander Steel. That might make it difficult. Ray is so focused on Im- impressing the JSA, he puts himself and Vixen in danger. Meanwhile, Stein has stepped in as the leader with Rip gone, but when decisions are being made, Sarah seems to be the one calling the shots. So, uh, you know, that seems to be the little synopsis of what's going on there. And um, I, 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 I find it, I don't know, I'm interested. Yeah, it sounds um, definitely on uh, season one. Sounds better than season one? Is that what you said? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we'll definitely have to see how the they handle the villains in this one because I think the whole Vandal Savage thing, it started to get old in the first season and that's why we, I would assume that's why we had a little bit, we had problems with it. Yeah, and I don't know, I, I think um, it went really dark for a while, but there were some episodes that were really, really campy as well. It's true, and I think that's kind of what they were going for with this particular show. I think it was going to show them. I think they purposely wanted to show more of the uh, campy side of what happens in comic books. I hope they can pull it off this time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let me. One thing I wanted to say, which was I thought was interesting. um, I think. when we were talking about Legends of Tomorrow a lot last season, for last season, and we talked about 
Vandal Savage, which is played by Casper Crump. Um, I kept saying that uh, I I got uh-huh. I got a feel of uh, uh, Christoph Waltz from him, like the way he he did his character very much felt like Christoph Waltz to me. Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember that. Okay, so as of a couple of weeks ago, I watched Legends of, Leg, the Legend of of Tarzan. Sorry, uh, did you see that movie? It came out with uh, what was his uh, Alexander Skarsgård. No, I heard it was um, actually terrible, so I didn't watch it. Eh, it's not a great movie, but it's you know it's it's okay. It, it wasn't it wasn't bad, but uh, the reason I bring it up is because the the main bad guy in them is Christoph Waltz. However, his right hand man, his his guy that also is a is his bad guy, is uh, a character by the name of Major Kruchkurver. I don't know. I don't speak German, but uh, or he's actually probably supposed to be Austrian. However, it's played by the same guy, by Crisper or Casper Crump. So, really, I kind of wonder. I mean, because I assume that they probably filmed Legend of, of Tarzan before they filmed his parts for Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, I wonder if they, you know, he got a little bit of his acting, like, model from Christoph Waltz. Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm just stretching. Who knows? Now I'm interested, actually. I want to see it. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, my story for there. What do what, you have coming up next? Uh, what I have is basically, um, you know, uh, David Mazou, uh, who plays our Bruce Wayne in Gotham. Um, he's really excited since, you know, there's a time traveler, um, you know, in, um, in The Flash. And obviously, The Flash is a time traveler. Right. Um, and that there's different universes. Um, he hopes that they cro- were to, uh, you know, cross over. Uh, I mean, that would be interesting. Uh, I, I can definitely see why he'd want to. I would, I would assume that Flash is the more uh, watched show out of all the DC superhero movies or shows that are out there right now. Um, but I, the way that Gotham is, like with its nondescript time period, I don't know how that would work. Yeah, I don't know how it would work either. I mean, I could see an older Bruce Wayne, um, you know, maybe crossing paths, but that's about it. I don't see a young Bruce Wayne at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously there's uh, not just uh, time travel happening, but there's also uh, dimension hopping happening. So we will see. Maybe Flash could show up in Gotham. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Um. The the CW has gone out, gone ahead, and, and revealed who their big villain is going to be for their now four part uh, CW superhero crossover. Which you know, we first we started off with a crossover just being uh, uh, Arrow and uh, Flash, and then it became Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow, and now it's Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow, and the cross the villain is going to be. The Dominators, uh, an alien race. Let's see. It says a sinister, techno- technologically advanced alien race. The Dominators view Earth's tendencies to be uh, to generate superpowered people as a sign that humans may essentially evolve to be genetically superior. That in mind, they decide to wipe them out. So, are you familiar with the, the with the Dominators from DC Comics? No. Um. You know, I've only seen them a few times, and it sounds like they they would have been uh, probably a big uh, 
villain to the Legion of Superheroes, which always takes place in the future. So I think mm-hmm. that's my I haven't seen them a lot. I know when I think they showed up like once or twice when the the right before the um the lantern war happened, you know, where the different colors right. yeah, stuff like that. So uh in in the Green Lantern book, I should say. Uh this is what uh, Mark Guggenheim had to say about it. He said, this year for our mega Arrowverse crossover, we're taking inspiration from a DC crossover from the late 1980s known as Invasion, which featured an alien race called the Dominators who previously vexed the Legion of Superheroes. We're using cutting-edge prosth- prosthetics and computer effects to achieve a feature film quality look, which is faithful to Invasion. Artist Tar- Todd McFarlane's interpretation of the characters. So apparently they were, you know, drawn by in this late eighties crossover, they were drawn by Todd McFarlane. So no you know oh, you know shit. what to look for. <laughs> now uh Lots of blood. That's right. The the four part <laughs> CW superhero crossover will air in December with the arrow episode being the one hundredth episode of the series, and star Stephen Amell has been teasing the arrival of other heroes and a surprise villain for the episode, which uh, I know this is what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so um, a lot of people, you know, he's been teasing, like you said. Um, we saw that picture where he's sitting on the park bench with uh, with Slade. Um, and I really, really hope um, that, you know, it's Manny Bennett returning. Um, not that I had a problem with his son in the future, but I'm just hoping it's Manny Bennett again. Right. And, you know, I think, as we pointed out before, he's, I think he's currently on that Chronicles of something on mtv <laughs> i forget what it's called yeah but uh I, I could assume that he wouldn't be he would be able to come back for an episode to film yeah and then i mean his mom is coming back too that's true they have talked about his mom coming back and uh, so you know what there you go maybe tommy merlin fits somewhere in there too you're right and, and I, i've talked many times about that how you know they're gonna they're, he's on another tv show so but that show films in Chicago. Well, that show films in Chicago. They film in Toronto. It's, it's probably not that far of a travel. Yeah, I don't think so. And it's called the Shannara Chronicles. Shannara Chronicles. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> cool. I think. Yeah, I, I saw that you posted that up on on our Facebook about uh, whether or not it should be Manny Bennett or whoever it was that played his son in the Legends of Tomorrow episode, but. I think it would be great if it was a uh, Manu Bennett because I mean we we all every as an audience we all kind of grew to love him hate his, him <laughs> love hate him I should say love to hate him yes cool anything else uh, you wanted to get, to get out there or for people to hear about no that's uh, all I have left okay let's go ahead and start our television reviews. I, I wait before we get we get to that. Let's let's go ahead and talk about the other uh, elephant in the in the room. Uh, Luke Cage did start this weekend, or it premiered on Friday on uh, the net, on Netflix, and uh, it obviously is another televised heroic show, just like Jessica Jones and Daredevil, and just like D- Daredevil and Jessica Do- Jones. We will wait a couple months before we we talk about it, just because we would rather because not everybody binges it. And we'd like to let everybody see the show before we talk about it, right, Daniel? Right. Okay. Have you have you watched any of the episodes yet? 
Not yet. No. Um, <laughs> so right now I'm watching Narcos. Um, then after that, I'm going to do Stranger Things since um, two of the people from the show will be at uh, Phoenix Fan Fest. You mean to tell um, me that, that you still haven't watched Stranger Things? I know. I heard amazing things. <laughs> and um, at Phoenix Comic Con this year, I signed up for uh, the shirt of the month. And basically, they mail you shirts every month with a different theme. And uh, this month's shirt was um, Stranger Things, so now I really need to watch it just to see, you know, if I'm going to keep the shirt or give it away. <laughs> well, if you watch the show, you, I I I wholeheartedly believe that you will be you will enjoy it just like uh, like I have. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. So I'm excited to watch it. <laughs> good, good. All right. So first up, Gotham. What did we uh, see this week? We saw we saw what happened to. Ivy Pepper after she was touched by the aging man. I don't know what else to call him. <laughs> so, I mean, the idea we saw him do it a couple times in the show, in the episode, he, he, he grabs a hold of you. Like uh, it seems a lot of people's powers work. Uh, and at that point he ages the person usually all the way to death, but because Ivy squirmed and, and got away, she is now, more of a young 20 mid 20 year old i guess yeah but i was confused but yeah probably young 20 year old yeah so i mean she went from being i'm gonna say probably nine or ten to being 23 at some point so uh obviously the the, they are playing now they're gonna be playing up her sexuality quite a bit and uh the first thing she does is she's she's found by a guy who and see that finds her. I'm guessing in the sewer line, the pipeline. I didn't quite understand what was going on there, in some water. And he offers to give her some clothes that was left by his ex. And she sees that he mis he mistreats his plants. He can't quite keep them alive. And then he goes and throws one away when he says it's just a plant. Obviously, that sets her off because she's poison ivy. <laughs> <laughs> And that guy did not last long. He got killed. He look, and it yep. doesn't seem that she has any powers or anything. Not not the poison ivy powers that we know. But uh, I think she just smashed a pot on his head, right? Right. Yeah, she just literally cracked the pot over top of his head, and uh, said something about you know being better to, to plants and walked away after she got the clothes that she needed. Yeah. So I mean, are we going to see her? You know, enroll in college and you know take all those biology classes and then you know go from there i don't know because if they don't they don't keep her as dr pamela isley uh, i think that's a real detriment to the character i mean once again once again the thing about a lot of batman villains is that they all have their doctorates you know uh, <laughs> how many of them have, are extremely intelligent and have gone a little bit crazy and decided, you know what, none of the rest of the world understand me, so I'm going to use my knowledge of said X subject and uh, use it to, to hurt people. So we got Mr. Freeze, uh, Poison Ivy, uh, obviously Man Bat, Man Bat um, Scarecrow, H- Scarecrow, Hugo Strange, so. Yeah, Harley Quinn. <laughs> Harley Quinn, very good example. And you, you never know; the Joker could have been a doctor too. We 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 don't know his origin, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's quite a detriment to uh, the Poison Ivy character for her not to be a doctor doctor anymore. 
Yeah, so I'm, I, I don't know, man. Just with the show, you know, you get names, you know, so they're either the parents or you get, like, the younger villains and see them turn into villains. Um, but, I mean, I feel, um, I don't know, for some of the characters, I feel like they don't get their justice or we're being robbed of the characters that we know from the comics. I, I mean, I think we really are, too, and that's just because they want to get out as many characters as they possibly can. Because it's Batman Universe, and Batman Universe probably has more characters than any of the DC character, DC Universe characters. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And and that's kind of what it is. I, if you take it as as like the live action version of the Batman animated series, like to a point, because obviously this is much worse. Uh, <laughs> they want to have their 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 bad guy of the week, and since they already have so many characters to go through that we, we do, we get a lot of the characters that fall wayside. Whereas the animated series obviously did it really well. We got to see, even though maybe the character was introduced in one episode, we'd always go back in an, in a future episode where we got to see a lot of their backstory and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh man. And you know, just talking about the backstories, um, I, you know, as a kid, I choked up with the, uh, with the Mr. Freeze one. And then, you know, rewatching it as an adult, I still choked up. <laughs> you know which one that always got me uh, for the animated series was, I don't remember what it, what the, what the bad, the villain's name was, but it was the, it was like the child actress who never grew up and she just wanted, she became like a villain. She started robbing things, robbing places and stuff. So at the very end, they're kind of in a funhouse mirror place and there's one of the mirrors she looks in and she's like, oh, that's what I would look like if I was ever able to grow up and look like an adult. And it's just like, wow, we just got really deep and serious in this cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that episode. I miss that show. Yeah, I miss it too. They never recreated that 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 magic with any other Batman animated series, I don't feel. No. I don't know what it was about it that just, you know... <laughs> I, I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is about it. <laughs> I, I don't either. Um, but getting back to Gotham, uh, another thing we're seeing more of, we saw you know, more of the development of this Gordon that is no longer a cop and is a bounty hunter, and he's kind of just looking out for himself. Uh, how, did you, how do you feel about this portrayal of Gordon? Like This is definitely different than any other portrayal of Gordon we've ever seen in any animated series in any movie even in the comic books i would say i i don't know man i really do have mixed feelings because uh i always feel um you know he may not be a boy scout but you know he knows right from wrong and you know that's a gordon i know and uh I heard, you know seeing this kind of meh you know we'll just play with gordon's character yeah, I mean, see where it goes. I, I I see what you're saying, and I would say the same thing. He he's never been the Boy Scout character. Obviously, he lets Batman do the work that Batman needs to do. But to me, like, I think the best uh, interpretation was Gary Oldman in Batman Begins, where he shows you that even though he's a good cop because he doesn't take the money, he doesn't take a piece of the the payoff. He also says, "I'm no rat. I'm not going to tell on you." So, to Gordon works in the police department but he also works through all the corruption he wouldn't ever give up like how how the gordon in this gotham has given up he he's working outside of the of the police department right it's just so weird and i mean 
Barnes isn't too happy with him either. So maybe that's another reason why he's acting the way he is. I, I really wonder if if we're going to eventually find out that maybe him and Barnes had were working on something where he had to act like he wasn't you know he wasn't part of the police department anymore. Maybe. I hope so. I hope that's what's going to turn around. Again. <laughs> uh, speaking of, we have uh, Fish Mooney who's looking for Hugo Strange because Peabody told her that's the only person that could pro- possibly heal you or fix you or you know make it so that you're not getting sicker. Uh, Gordon is looking or is trying to tell them that we they need to tell him where Strange is so that you know he can protect Strange from Fish Mooney or Fish Mooney from Penguin <laughs> because it's just a bunch of <laughs> fish eating little fish and then uh, uh, basically they they he finds it out from Bullock and he goes to stop Fish who's but also stop penguin or help penguin which is all kind of weird it's all different way but then harvey's also underneath uh fish mooney's power so she tell he tells her where uh hugo strange is also and then uh basically they go into the whole okay i'll let you live fish if you give me harvey bullock right and then he goes and tells penguin uh you know if you cause a distraction, we can get all the cops to come to the front and then you can go around to the back and, and stop fish or get a hold of fish the way you want. So he kind of double crossed fish by setting up, uh, setting up the penguin, which then became a, a very strange interaction. I thought between the three of them it was Hugo strange fish and, and penguin in the back. Yeah. And then, and just to add on again, again, yeah, that's something that fucking Gordon would never do, but yeah, it happened here. Um, they escape to the back, and then it, it, I don't, I don't know, man. Like that conversation between the penguin and and you know fish, just okay. So you know, you let him live, you know, because you start off somewhere, you start off small as the umbrella boy, and she's never going to forget that. But come on, man, come on. <laughs> so I, I guess I have to ask you: Do you do you feel that fish was just playing penguin there, or did she actually feel that way? She's had the opportunity to kill Penguin so many times before, though, if you think about it. You're right. That That's very true. And you know what? I have to say this. For a TV show that I, I, we, I'd say we rag on the acting quite a bit and, and the storyline, I thought that was actually the the best piece of acting I've seen from Jada Pinkett Smith or anybody else on this show, in this show, I should say. I mean, like, obviously, Jada Pinkett Smith's uh, incredible actress and other things but a lot of the times they treat the material like it is a comic book and it's not needed to be taken serious but when she goes into her little monologue about how uh even though you've betrayed me a bunch of times penguin i still help create you so you being the great that the great thing that you are now makes me kind of great like it, it makes me proud you know and and for especially for penguin who's already lost his mother who he really obviously adored you know this is another mother figure telling him that she was proud of him and that's it it definitely eats eats at him and 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 lets him drop his guard and lets her get away that's why i kind of i kind of wonder if whether or not she was sincere or if she was just manipulating him but you were right i didn't even think about that he she has had plenty of times plenty of opportunities to, to take him out and she hasn't used him so maybe there is some truth in that yeah and also i just want to say I did want to start off the episode like this, but uh, I totally forgot. But damn you, Mitch. 
for calling. You always call everything. <laughs> you call the goddamn romance in the show too. <laughs> well, I you know what? I didn't I I wasn't expecting how the episode ended. So, yes, you're right. Uh the Valerie Vale character ends up making out with uh the Gordon character right there in his apartment uh because that's just the way TV is written. And I wasn't expecting uh, for Lee to be getting off the train right there at the end too, which is obviously what we're, what's going to happen here is what we see in every other superhero show and and almost every other show, love triangles. Love triangles. <laughs> so uh, uh, we'll to see how that plays I, out. I was running um, a couple of errands uh, with my buddy yesterday. Um, and we're talking about how he just can't, uh, he couldn't do the flash or arrow because of all the love triangles. And then he's like, do you think that the president of Warner brothers is just like, I have either a woman obsessed with twilight or, you know, he has like five daughters at home. So (laughs) in order to make them happy, he has to write a love triangles in each show. I think it's, you know what, that definitely could be what it is, but I think, you know, it's just one of the easiest things to write to, to create conflict. So it's, it's, maybe it's more of our fault because we watch all these different things. So we see it happen very often. They're planning out for people who only watch maybe one show a week and they're like, oh, well, you know, they don't know that this is something that happens in every show. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, and, and I also thought it was interesting just to jump back a little bit that when uh, Mooney and is dragging Hugo Strange out of the house, uh, that's when Penguin shows up and Hugo's almost like begging Penguin to save him. And then uh, Mooney says, uh, you know, Oswald, you know, you don't need to do this. And he, and he yells at her. He's like, that's not my name. My name is Penguin. And that's which is a, definitely a, a, a jump from, you know, the first season when everybody was calling him Penguin and he hated it. Now he's accepted it and he's using it to, you know, move along his empire. Strike fear. Yeah, and strike fear. <laughs> but then after, uh, you know, Mooney happens to get uh, Penguin to drop his guard, Hugo Strange, like, runs with Fish, you know, away. Like, he he's not trying to get away from her now. He's actually running with her and she's not holding his hand or anything. Probably because he knows if I stay here, they're going to throw me back to prison. Or B, if I stay here, Penguin's just going to kill me for all the torture I put him through in Arkham. Or I think option C might be that if he goes back to prison, they'll, they'll, they're going to want to try and uh, pump him full of information about the Court of Owls. And this way he gets to get away and not, not have to fear the Court of Owls' retaliation. So that's the other part of this, this episode. Ma- young Master Bruce Wayne uh, finds himself... Uh, wakes up in in the audience of the head owl i guess uh he, he goes he says that he, he remembers seeing her at a lot of wayne foundation uh functions yep and then that's when she takes off the mask um to that deal that he had to strike though that uh oh, that sucks <laughs> well why don't you go ahead and talk about it what was the deal basically that they'll let him live um, but he just has to stop investigating the Court of Owls. He can't do any more investigation, um, and he has to drop Indian, Indian Hill. Right, but didn't he also offer up Wayne Enterprises for something? Like, because he says, um, I'll give you Wayne Enterprises, and she's like, well, I already have it, so what's the point? Oh, that's right. He did give over his company to her. Um, 
which uh, brings you back to the part when he wakes up Alfred in the and who's now on the floor once again. Uh, <laughs> which I had a conversation with someone on our Facebook page about uh, one of our listeners. He said, you know, Alfred's probably going to be pretty, you know, we'll probably be pretty happy once Bruce Wayne leaves the house because he won't be end up getting hit in the back of the head or fighting somebody or or having to sleep it out on the floor anymore. (laughs) That seems to happen every week. But it's awesome that they're showing his military skills gets his ass kicked so much. Right. That's what I I thought was was strange, too. Like when I saw the fight between him and and Talon. I was like, all right, we're going to show how he's very capable. He's the one that taught Bruce a lot of the way he, he, he should fight and stuff like that because of his military background. And they have him fighting with, like, this little knife. And I was like, no, nah, he should, like, have, like, a saber of some sort. I imagine there's a saber somewhere in the Wayne household. You know, he should be pulling out some fencing yep. skills or something. But, I mean, he did hold his own for a little bit, but not really. He kind of just went down. So that that kind of did disappoint me. Yeah. Ugh. They need to make Alfred a tougher character. <laughs> I think it, it's definitely going to help. I mean, unless they start showing him sh- like teaching Bruce some other skills, like uh, maybe the makeup skills or uh, his field dressing skills or something like that. Um, we also found out that Valerie Vale's uh, contact within Fish Mooney's group was uh, Selena Kyle, and at the end of the episode, she also shows up back at. Bruce Wayne's home. Right? Yeah, right. it just ends there, right? Yeah, that's just where, I mean, they don't really go into it because uh, Alfred and and Bruce were also talking about what it, like, apparently it was part of his plan to get in the good graces with the Court of Owls and, like, he says, oh, well, they're falling for it or something like that. And he says, well, what did you have to give him? And he, and he doesn't tell him that he had to give him the, the company. Right. And then, then, then he's like, "All right." He's all, "Well, since that's over, what do you? We have a lot of free time." He's all, "What do you want to do?" And then he's all, "Dance lessons." Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Bruce. Batman will be the dancer that he's supposed to be. Okay. Anything else about this episode that we should bring up? Uh not that I can think of at the moment. Do you think uh, Poison Ivy is going to be playing up more of an uh, a bigger role in this season? Yeah, definitely. Or I'll say, I mean, if they weren't planning on using her, then, you know, she wouldn't have been aged. Fair enough. Um, Okay. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else that I wanted to talk about mainly for this episode. But let's go on to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where we're still dealing with the with the writer, the ghost writer. Um, <laughs> what, well, what did you have to say? What did you, what did you think of this episode? Uh, you know, it's... I'm not. I'm not saying it's hard to follow, but there's just so much going on, and it, I'm just like, damn it! I want to. I don't want to wait until next week. I want to watch it now. <laughs> uh, I thought it was very interesting is that we got to finally see who the new director is, and it's played by James O'Mara or Jason O'Mara, I should say, which uh, we've we've we knew that beforehand, but his character yep. is interesting. So. Uh, I wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> well, so uh, uh, let me see. I'm trying to remember what his name is. It's uh, like Jace something. Um, anyways, in the the comic book universe, he was the Patriot, I, I want to say. He was like in the 70s Marvel comic books where he was also the second uh 
Captain Marvel or Captain America, I should say. Yeah. So if you think of it this way, how uh, Captain America supposedly, you know, went to went into the ice sleep after or right before World War Two, back in the yep. the thirties or whatever. When they redid, when they brought the the comic books back up in the seventies, that was Steve Trevor or Steve Rogers, I should say. So Steve <laughs> Steve Rogers wakes up, but every time we we start the story over, it, he wakes up in a new time period, right? Right. So. Even though it was Steve Rogers in the 70s, it's no longer Steve Rogers in the 70s. He probably, now, when they retell the story, he wakes up in the early 2000s. So we still have all that storyline of when there was a Captain America in the 70s, and there's a Captain America in the 80s, and the Captain America in the 90s. So they kind of just retcon other characters into that. So there was this character that was the Patriot. Well, he was also Captain America. He was that Captain America of the 70s. You understand how I'm saying it? Yes. Okay. So, obviously, as the Patriot, he this 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 guy uh, had super strength. He had strength bigger bigger better better than than a regular human and and speed and stuff. Well, I guess they're not going to bring in they. What they allude to in the episode is that he's actually an inhuman. Yep. That then, like I said, that's uh, what I wasn't expecting at all. <laughs> <laughs> and which was it was an interesting line because at the time it's um, it's him going up against May, who right now is being manipulated by that spirit that we've seen in the season so far. Um, yep. She she's seen everybody as a bad guy, and she's fighting him, and she calls she calls him a monster, and then at, as he. He says, "No, what? I, I don't prefer. I don't like that name. I prefer an I inhuman. Prefer human. Yeah, which uh, you know, I thought was very, uh, very cool. It's it's a person kind of like uh, uh, Quake Daisy, Agent Daisy, who is embracing their inhumanness. I guess is a way to put it. Yeah, and I mean, we also kind of find out that um, Coulson." was the one that stepped down and he preferred that an inhuman were to take his place as director as, as the director and the face of the, of shield. So yeah, that's the the other thing is going on is they're trying to bring shield back up as a, uh, as not no longer a secret because after the events in uh, winter soldier, you know, shield is synonymous with Hydra and Coulson still thinks there's a, a need for shield. And obviously, uh, with that, they've gone and uh, made it so that there's going to be a face who is also an inhuman. I don't know. I just think that this is going to cause more problems for for Shield down the road. Uh, down the road. <laughs> I, I, you know what I see. I don't know. I see what happening is that like he'll, he'll he might eventually make a big sacrifice and end up dead. So then Coulson will be the the uh, director again. Director again, but. It will make it so that everybody's like, oh, wow, an inhuman sacrificed themselves for us in a very public way. So inhumans won't be feared and, and mocked anymore. Okay. I can see where you're going with that. Good. Because that's what I have um, to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck. I mean, I felt like this episode, you know, kind of pulled me in the feels, too. I'm not going to lie. Hey. Yeah, so we got we. I mean, 
what was it that that mainly pulled you in the feels? Oh, basically when Mac and Fitz, um, you know, were in that van with with Daisy and they're patching her up, and then they're like, "Can't you see it? You know, she's back on us, you know, because she's going through some tough shit. You know, she doesn't want to. Uh, she doesn't want you know anybody else to uh, to know what she's going through or anybody else to help her. But we've all been through. We've all seen some shit. We've all been through some shit." And we're fine. We never turned, uh, you know, our backs on you or on each other. Right. Yeah. And that's what got me in the feels. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, yeah, Fitz is very much so upset by this. He's like, you know, we, we've all gone through some stuff, but none of us left like you did. So it, it's to me, I, I, I very much see I see it the way that he does. And um, I also find it interesting that. Uh, if you know the the Quake character in the comic book, she does wear bracers to uh, help her with her powers so that she doesn't get hurt as much. So we're seeing the rep- the the repercussions from that. Repercussions, yeah. In uh, in Agents of Shield, where Daisy is not uh, using her powers properly or not trying to protect herself from her powers, like we saw the bracers, they tried to do it when she first manifested her powers, but they were, they were basically rerouting them back into her, which then was hurting her even more. But now she's, whenever she uses her powers, she's almost like spraining her, her wrist or, or at one point ends up breaking her, her forearm. Fuck. That's intense. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, since Mac put it all together, that yo-yo is one, you know, supplying the drugs to, uh, to Daisy, do you think there's going to be any re- repercussions with her? Um, I, I, do I think Mac is going to like rat her out? No. Well, I think Mac go and and confront her. Yes. However, I think he he's more upset. I think he thinks that you know Yo Yo is using their relationship as a way to get the drugs out. I think they're two separate things. I think she's she's using Shield to get the drugs to Daisy, and then she also likes Mac. So. Mac won't be able to distinguish between the two, but I think she will be That's upset. Uh, she will be upset that he's upset with her because she thinks he thinks she's using their relationship to get drugs to Daisy, which is all very confusing. But in my head, it's straight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. It makes sense. Okay, so um, I was just saying about this. Um, and the, basically, when the show came back just saying that uh you know mac was reminding yo yo that fraternizing is frowned upon right so yeah and she, with the new the, dir- have, the director's know. new uh uh directives i guess the best way to put it is that fraternizing is frowned upon i, I wonder if that's a lot to, i mean that has a lot, lot to do with lincoln and daisy uh <laughs> obviously fritz and and uh uh simmons are a couple but Simmons seems to be very much uh, the right-hand man to the director at the moment, so maybe she gets away with that relationship. And Ghost Rider used that against her. What's that, the relationship with Lincoln? What? Yeah, brought it up, you know. He's like, oh, so you've done some shit, seen some shit, so yeah, you're just running away from your troubles too, and then pulls up the picture of um, of Lincoln. Very true. So, you know, we once again, we got to see some more of Ghost Rider, would you, if you were in Daisy's position, would you go and make the man whose head turns to fire and, and, and you know, breathes fire, like, upset by showing up at his work and, and kind of pestering him? 
hell no, that's suicide. <laughs> yeah, like after she fi- he fixes her van, she's like, oh, and she uses her powers and breaks it a little bit more, like like just yeah. to be around him. That's like I was like, oh, you're just pushing it. You're you're really pushing it. And then I thought it was funny, like later on when she goes to start her van and it doesn't start, and I was like, yeah, you broke it earlier. You remember that? But he pulls up right at uh, right right on time. Right, yeah, you know, just in time to to help her out. She is still preoccupied with the, what are they called? The mad dogs, the guard dogs, the, the what you cut out. That's why. What are, what are they called? What the, are they called? What now? The the group that she's looking for and what they're doing. The are they called the mad dogs or the guard dogs or dog pound or something? I think mad dog sounds right. Okay, well I, I didn't write that down actually. I know that the, I know that the new. Like, one of the new sidekicks in Arrow is going to be Mad Dog, I think. Okay, that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Anyway, she's still looking for that group, and uh, she thinks that Ghost Rider will be able to, or Robbie Reyes will be able to to lead her to it, but he has absolutely no connection with them. He just goes after people that he finds evil. However, they then find some type of connection to go to this uh, laboratory that has something to do with with Robbie Reyes's past and he gets very upset and goes back to goes to the laboratory and that's when we find out that there's the or that's where we find out that there's four of these ghost people. So the the lady who changed May and her team or not her team but just May uh into seeing ghost characters and the uh, um the other I don't Asian know, cartel guy. Yeah, Asian cartel guys. Um <laughs> she she uh or yeah, she was part of some type of experiment that went wrong, and was she was put in there, I guess, against her will with the rest of her colleagues, and they need, they think that they've only been asleep for a couple hours when she she informs them that they've been in there for a couple years. Yeah, I get tough from uh, the clothing they're wearing and stuff too. Yeah, she says a couple of years, but it's obviously been obviously been a couple decades because their clothing is a little bit older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Looked like sixties, seventies clothing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I gotta wonder what you know what it is. It's, we're we're gonna find out about this little group and what experiment they were trying to create. So they need a book. That's how they get their power and everything can be restored. So what do you think? It's a mystical book, or do you think it's just a book that you know has all their notes, lab notes? I definitely think it's gonna be some type of mystical book. They were probably trying to do a mixture of magic and science together, and I think. Uh, that's why, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of the magic in this world this season because of Ghost Rider and Doctor Strange. And, uh, I think they're gonna, they're gonna have to, they're gonna try and find a way to, I guess, get back into their bodies, which are probably inside those boxes. Gotcha. Now it all makes a lot more sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anything else about this episode? I don't think there was really all that much. I mean, like you said, there was... There was some good parts between Daisy and and Mac and and Fritz, and then uh, we saw we got to, we got introduced to the the new director. Um, fucking, I don't know. I felt a little bit. I guess the last thing here is um, when Coulson's like, "Oh wait, I know how to help out May," and how you know the director was just like, "Oh, I got it handled," but then went more into detail with it. I got I felt a little bit threatened and a little bit scared too. <laughs> yeah uh i mean he's an t- intimidating guy so uh find out that he's uh inhuman and, and super strong it's gonna be interesting how he ends up handling may uh obviously 
Simmons also had some like inkling that there was something wrong with May at first because she was the last one to talk to the leader of the Asian cartel guy and he ended up ramming his head into the wall until he died. Uh, <laughs> and then while all this is going on, there's, you know, government officials that are coming through the headquarters for, uh, for a, uh, tour, I guess is the best way to put it. And, uh, he's basically trying to make it so that they don't see what's going on. And then they just fucking put May in a straight jacket at the end of the episode. Yeah. So, well, I mean, obviously, we you got to find out why it is that the, the presence of these ghosts drive people crazy and then how it is that they're going to be able to save them, which will probably be in the, the in this book that they're looking for also. And then we got to find out why, why Robbie Reyes has a connection to the laboratory. Yep. Cool. Uh, like you said, I, I can't wait for next week's episode. This, I think the show just gets better and better. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm invested. Yeah, um, I just want to say... To our listeners, um, you know, you guys, some of you guys told me that the show was cheesy and you guys couldn't do it, but uh, definitely start at season three again and give it another shot. It's definitely gotten a lot better from what you guys told me and from what I can tell as well. There you go. <laughs> I can't, I couldn't agree more. Um, on to Fear the Walking Dead. We start off the episode. Uh, where do we start? You know what? I Something I never got to say. Oh, I guess it's good good to talk about it here. Because all of last episode, um, or at least at the beginning of last episode, after they deal with uh, the bride's mother stabbing Strand, they she ta- uh, Madison talks about how if anybody hurts anybody else, they're thrown out. They're out of this altogether. You know, they don't get to they don't get to stay here with us. I do you not do you see this like her turning on the generator as the same thing as hurting somebody like oh fuck yeah right so I mean shouldn't the consequences be that she has to be thrown out now yes but she seems like she has her shit together out of the most out of everybody else so and the most authoritative so I think they're gonna listen to her no matter what that's definitely it but I would really wish that someone especially Alicia Alicia or at least someone should have brought it up to Alicia and be like you know, you, you got, we all set these rules that if someone hurts another person, we throw them out. And she's literally just hurt the whole group by turning the sign on. And that's where the episode starts. You know, everybody, the, the our group inside Rosarita Hotel is looking at a bunch of people uh, at the gate trying to be let in. And they are, they're, they're telling them, no, sorry, we can't let you in. One, you already know how I feel about this. I've... I think that's complete. That's terribly selfish because they have plenty of room. They more than likely have, you know, they have quite a bit of water. They have an ice machine that works. So what does ice have become when it melts? Water. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they should be letting these people in. I mean, obviously check them first and uh, make sure that they're not threats. But you you can't keep that whole hotel to, to the nine people that you have in your group. That's that's horrible. So, uh, eventually they and do. I agree with you. Yeah, they they yeah and... for the most part they do because they 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 have a staging area in the in the, the parking structure where they they're checking people for bites and who's sick and who's not sick, which is smart. Uh, but yeah, eventually you just let them in and be a part of your community because I mean, obviously you have a great community if you're learning how to surf and going fishing and stuff. Yeah, which didn't make sense because uh, when they were 
um, in that little holding area, checking everybody, um, one of the guys tells Madison, like, oh, hey, I don't know how we're – it's 47 people. I don't know how we're going to feed them. But you're right. You know, they that is selfish of them because they have fucking food. They can just go fish for it. Yeah, exactly. And if you have more people, that means more people – I mean, obviously, the way this show works – the more people, the more chances that one of them is going to be a bad person. You don't know who who it is they could be. But you also have to think the more people you have in your side that's working with you, the more you can have to to, to battle the Better. bad people that come in, you know. Uh, and especially if you turn on the sign, exactly. that could definitely mean the people from the, the supermarket are going to be coming towards you, even though it's supposed to be, supposed to be about 15 miles away. Yeah, because they said it was, it was like a 30-minute drive or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Uh, with that, you know the we get to a lot of the or well they she lets in uh, Travis because he comes up to the to the gate and and uh, she's like oh just you know let's squeeze you in it's like how are you gonna squeeze just him in and nobody else is gonna bum rush you like it was so but no one did which is also unrealistic uh, but you know he goes to yeah, go exactly. he goes up to the room and he's like very down on himself about what happened. Between him and uh, and Nate. I know, or Chris, I'm sorry, and and just the way he said it too, like I, I'm sorry, I I had to do it, I, I I just had to do it. I was like, holy fuck, did <laughs> did he kill him? <laughs> you don't even know how much I wanted that to be true, <laughs> because <laughs> the, yeah, the way he said it, it's very it's very manipulating. It's very much uh, a, a misnomer, I guess is the best way to put it, but. Yeah, he's he's saying it all like as if he had to put Chris down, and we know after the last time we saw Chris's group was that he uh, killed the farmer, and you know that was a very big no no to uh, to Travis. But yeah, that's not what happened. So let's go through what happens actually on this farm. Uh, after the farmer dies, Travis goes and buries him. Then they have to take care of uh, little James. That's his name, right? Yeah, James. Yeah. So, uh, apparently, Travis has some medical training. Like, I think, they, was it EMT training or some point? Yeah, he's like, oh, at the school, they make us take a couple of courses. Uh, right, there you go. So, he's helping him, and he's like, well, you know, there's not much that we can do, but he has to rest, he has to get better. And the other two bros can't handle that. And, of course... Chris is just lapping it all up. He's like, yeah, these guys are awesome. These guys are, are super cool. So we obviously uh, need to follow them and do what they say and do what they do. Like, come on, Dad, why are you being such a dork about it? It's like, oh, man, you, I, don't, I want him to die horribly, like in a very bad way, like, <laughs> like almost set on fire. <laughs> and they're fucking idiots because, you know, Travis is like, oh, you know, our food supply is going to run out shortly. If you just keep killing the chickens, let's eat the eggs. That makes sense. Unlimited food supply here. Exactly. But do any of them listen? No, they just keep trying to cook chicken every night. And then the whole, like, he's like, hey, you know, could you please clean your mouth when you talk to me and stop drinking your beer because you're 16 or whatever? And he's just like, no, I'm I'm cool now. I can do whatever the hell I want. You don't understand how to, how to, uh, adapt to this new world i do and he slaps the beer out of his hand and i was just like oh you should have punched him in the face <laughs> yes <laughs> god 
I, I don't know if he's worse than Porch Dick, man. I don't know. I almost have to say he is. Uh, he... <laughs> because at least Porch Dick was, you know, an adult. He gets he gets to have a reason to be an asshole. You, you're a child. You don't get a reason. You don't have. You haven't lived long enough to to be an asshole. I don't care that your mom turned into a zombie, and then you had to shoot him shoot her in the head. Or who was it? Was it Travis the Chatter or him? Wait, what? What was the last one? Who who shot who shot out. who shot Chris's mom? When she turned. Oh, um, it was it was Travis. It was Travis, right? Okay, and he yeah. brings that up because he says, you know, you did it. You had to you had to kill mom. I did it too, so I'm just as good. Or you know, but it's like I killed her after she turned. You killed the person <laughs> before he turned, or at least that's what they did to James. They killed the person before he turned, and he was on his way to getting better. You just had to give him time. But no, you guys wanted to push it, and and that's another thing that happened. They were, you know, James doesn't want to t- tell anybody that he's not a hundred percent because he knows what happens in this group when you cause them to slow down, you get killed because he had to do it to yeah, someone else. Yep, which I thought was bush. Well, the other guy, he wasn't going to make it. It was clear, but James did, you know, did seem like he was going to make it. Right, he could have. He he definitely could have. And the other guy also asked to be killed. Whereas this guy, you know, James was yep. like, no, no, I'm going to get better. And they hesitated not and fucking shot him right in the, he- in the head. Uh, oh, I just, oh my God, fucking, what pissed me off the most was when Chris was like, no, it's cool, Dad. Uh, trust me, you know. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to work out. It's going to be better, you know. You can trust me again. Goes in for the hug and he's like, all right, guys, let's get him. Right, yeah, no, I, I, I thought that maybe Chris had found some like sleeping pills or something and put it in the food, and that's what was gonna do it. Travis was gonna eat some of that food and fall asleep, but he, when he grabs him, I'm like, come on, you mean to tell me Travis couldn't like kick him off or headbutt him or something? No, he's my kid. I'm not gonna hurt him. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, it's probably it might be a good reason that I'm not a parent, but uh, I'm just saying, uh, my kid starts acting up like that. Not gonna be a good day for him <laughs> in the zombie apocalypse. See, this is what they're gonna have to expect from me when we have the zombie apocalypse. I do not want to be your child <laughs> during the apocalypse. <laughs> so uh, you know that's basically his his the whole thing that he's guilty feels guilty about is that he let Chris go. He let Chris go with these 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 bros and. Uh, you know, he didn't he didn't fight for him, he didn't go after him, he just he feels that he failed him. And I would say I would say that there's nothing else that you could do. He obviously made up his mind, he's gonna he's gotta make his own mistakes. And from the way that the episode ends with uh the two bros walking up to the to the gate without Chris, we might have to say that it's a good indicator that he uh he didn't quite make it. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so fuck then. I don't know. Um, I mean, I have to download the episodes either on my phone or on my tablet. I don't know if it was just too dark um, or the quality wasn't all that great. So I couldn't tell that it was actually the bros showing up at the um, at the front gate. I just know that there was a, a third person with them, and he was speaking Spanish. Yeah, I think the I, I think the bros show up after the guy who speaks Spanish. I think I don't I don't think they came together. I think it was just three different people coming at the same time. Oh, just coincidence? Yeah, just coincidence. But 
who knows? Maybe, yeah, maybe something happened to Chris and they took this Spanish guy, or Spanish-speaking man hostage. Or, you know, Chris is hiding in the truck, you know, has some kind of crazy plot. That's a good one, plan. too. That might that might be true. I mean, we might have the the makings of a little governor here like we were talking about before, so... His plan yeah, might his shit. plan might be to ambush uh, the the community and steal whatever they what whatever they got. I don't know how he's going to do that with him and two bros, but you know who knows. Or try to take it over. Or because or, I mean they have guns, something that we haven't seen. Yeah, we haven't seen uh, Madison's group have have any weapons yet, but I think uh, I think there, there's definitely enough people there that you know someone would be able to, to just, they would be able to overpower them. That's true. <sighs> Cool. Uh, I think that's you know that's pretty much uh, what we had to say about that episode. There wasn't. I don't think there was really anything else. We, we didn't see any more of the Colonia, did we? No. And we didn't see any more of the supermarket. This episode. This episode lacked uh, Nick and and the Colonia and the supermarket. And we didn't see any more of Ophelia. So, I think uh, the the we have the season finale coming up this weekend or this past weekend tonight basically we're recording this on sunday i usually try to avoid that but uh the episode will be on tonight well it's a two-hour episode which is the last two episodes and then i think walking dead starts next week or is it a week after that um i think the walking dead and i have regular walking dead may pull it up because i'm looking forward to it but at the same time i'm not um, I think it comes back on the 20th week before Halloween. Oh, so they're going to be waiting a few weeks before they, they bring it back. They're probably going to end up playing uh, back-to-back episodes of all the the last season like they usually do until you know it's time for the new yeah. season to start. Yep, and uh, I'll be watching it at the bar, at the hipster bar I go to. <laughs> Good to know. If anybody else is in uh, the Tempe area, or is that where you're at, Tempe area? Yeah, it's uh, at the Tempe area. I'm really close to ASU. So then, you know, if you know where it is that the bar that Daniel is going to watch it at, you can watch it with him. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daniel. I uh, on Twitter, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Daniel Von Helvet, and I am at Agent underscore of the underscore Bat. Uh, we're, you know, ch- please check out our Facebook page. Give us a like. Go to our website, geekeliteradio.com. And then this is Televised Relics from the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.